I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. The president of the Texas Oil and Gas Association, Todd Staples, hosted a media conference call. Staples answered reporters' questions and announced record-breaking oil and gas economic data. From the line of Sergio Chapa with the Houston Chronicle. Your line is live, sir. Thank you. Hey, good morning, Todd. How are you? I'm well. How are you? That wasn't my question, by the way. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask you. Uh, I was going to ask you. Okay, a lot of the investment community and the um, you know the, you're starting to see this in the trade publications as well. Um, they're talking about peak production of oil in the Permian Basin. And I was wondering if what what your sense on that was, and you know, are are is everybody managing expectations for next year's you know oil and gas revenues, you know, uh, for like you know the state and school districts? So that's something that's on people's radar. Yeah, we know that growth is not guaranteed. Uh, our Mark, the, the industry responds to marketplace demands. We know that most forecasters are indicating that worldwide demand will continue to grow, although maybe not at the pace that it has in the past. Therefore, production is not expected to continue to grow maybe as robustly as it has in recent years. According to EIA, crude oil prices will be lower on average in 2020 than in 2019 because of various factors, including the rising global oil inventories, uh, particularly in the first half of the year. And then with all the, um, you know, the flared gas that's going on in the Permian Basin, do you all look at that as perhaps lost revenue, that gas that could have been sold on market and generated revenue for the state? Well, we know that... As pipelines continue to be built, the need for flame will be reduced significantly. We also know that operators have formed a working, a methane and flame work group where some of the brightest minds in the industry are coming together to explore uh, even more options than exist today. And so with the pipeline enhancements and additional capacity, we firmly believe that flame will continue to start declining significantly even as production uh, continues to expand. Oh, well, no, that's really good news. And, um, you know, I think with Pioneer, Pioneer Natural Resources, their CEO recently said that uh, they, won't put a, they won't complete a well until gathering pipelines are in place. Is that a set of practice that your working group is uh, advocating? We know that, it, that everyone is focused on these types of solutions, uh, looking at uh, leak detection and repair, looking at timing of gathering lines and, and additional pipelines. But the need for infrastructure is, uh, is is essential as our state continues to be a, a major producer and as we continue to see positive growth. Your next question comes from the line of Mike Lee with ENE News. Your line is live, sir. Hi, Todd. Thank, thanks for taking our, our calls. Uh, I'd like to follow Sergio's lead and ask two questions if I could. The, you, you talked about the, what, about $16 billion in, in combined revenue from royalties and taxes uh, a year. Um, how does that compare to the, to, to the infrastructure needs out, out in West Texas? You know, the, the, when, when you start talking uh, highway interchanges and then repaving or widening state highways, you, you can go through $16 billion pretty quick and not even touch the needs in the schools and the, and the municipalities. 
Well, we know that infrastructure needs are have a long horizon in many instances. We're very uh, pleased that the Texas Transportation uh, uh, Commission has focused needs in these energy basins for safety reasons uh, uh, is, is the number one reason, but also just because of the additional capacity on those roads. And so um, we know that as the industry continues to grow, that more revenue will be generated, more dollars in the Randy Day Fund. And as we, you know, as we have a decline in activity, as it, as it mitigates somewhat, that mitigates the need for infrastructure in terms of roads and, and impact that we have in the local area. So it's an ebb and flow based on production. And I, I think Texas has done a good job of prioritizing our needs and to making certain these dollars are, are going to where they're having an impact on people's lives. And then you mentioned uh, campaign season political promises. Are you guys at, at the association worried at all about uh, the influx of new voters that, that we saw in 2018? Uh, I, I think the statistics I've seen is, is that uh, the number of voters under 30 tripled, and those folks tend to be more concerned about um, the environment and climate change than older voters. Well, we, we know that the oil and natural gas industry is absolutely committed to climate progress. And we want to help get the message out that no one is investing more in low-carbon technology. Um, every voter needs to know we share a common goal of a lower emissions future and believe that we can and will achieve both economic and environmental success. I think it's also important to educate voters to know that you know, no, no matter how much rhetoric we hear, there is no replacement for all the tremendous good all natural good gas does for our lives today. Your next question comes from the line of Brad Johnson with the Texan News. Your line is live. Hi, Todd. Thanks for holding this. The president is set to announce a trade deal with China. Um, I'm curious. I know the, the biggest effect throughout the trade dispute has been on the ag industry, but I'm uh, curious what your thoughts are on how it's affected Texas's energy industry and how the deal tomorrow will um, affect that as well going forward. We appreciate the president's leadership in, in, in continuing to stay at the table with China to bring them to uh, terms that are good for our country and obviously uh, something that is workable and sustainable. No question, the trade war with China has put a strain on U.S. oil and natural gas producers and exporters, and so the prospect of a trade deal is welcome news. Your next question comes from the line of Kim Bilotto with Oil Patch Radio Show. Your line is live, ma'am. Thank you. Um, hi, Todd. We were on the call when API, uh, what, last week, on um, their discussion that they were holding their new campaign for 2020. And um, in it, they discussed that they stated that they believe that climate change is real. And it's a little different of a, of a take, considering while obviously climate change is an important topic, it's a little unusual to hear an association uh, discuss it in that manner and, and come out with uh, that kind of discussion. And I'm curious, um, your position as the association, of your association, if you're going to follow that suit, and I think you kind of are, but um, is Texas at risk, in your opinion, of, as a result of this, maybe not communicating it in a way that's going to be effective, that's not going to harm the energy industry, and more regulation? So... You know, have, how are you planning on balancing that? 
I think Texas is at risk if we don't have a, a very real, factual-based conversation about our climate, about our environment, and about the progress that needs to be made. I think uh, Texas-based oil and natural gas companies are committed to making climate progress. They're committed to a lower emissions future. They are uh, leading the way in investment and technology. Uh, we know that our member companies are champions when it comes to carbon capture and sequestration. Uh, they have uh, established leak detection and repair protocols that they are sharing with other companies. Um, our companies have invested heavily in improved sensors and monitoring overall. Um, we know that refining technologies have made our fuels more than 99% cleaner than they were just a few decades ago. We're extremely proud of the environmental progress uh, and then the environmental partnership, actually, that was formed to ensure that the United States oil and natural gas industry, uh, a global energy leader, continues to work collaboratively. So I think we will see results from the environmental partnership that has grown to about 70 companies now. And those results will be a continued reduction in environmental footprints, while, all while safely and responsibly growing energy production. Great. Thank you. And is there a place that we can get the 70 companies that are committed to this as well? Yes, well, that's in the Environmental Partnership. They have a website for that, and we'll, we'll get that sent to you. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Sergio Chapo with the Houston Chronicle. Hey, Todd. Just wanted to, to circle back on something. Um, you know, I was going through those figures for the school district and um, some really eye-popping numbers there. I was just wondering, um, does, the, does the Robin Hood, the state's Robin Hood system play into this? So that Pecos ISD got $109 million, but then they don't really get to keep it, right? They have to, like, distribute it out to other school yeah, districts? Yeah, very, very valid question, uh, Sergio, although I liked your question of how am I doing today better. Uh, uh, <laughs> That, that the the school finance system does come into play. So if you have the average wealth level per student exceeds what the threshold is, there is redistribution of dollars. Um, and so those dollars would then go back into the school system and reappropriate it to make a difference. We, we know that of the top 10 counties for property taxes in Texas, five are in the Permian and five are in Eagle Ford. Uh, for, for school districts, six are in the Permian and four are in the Eagle Ford as far as the top 10 goes. And I might also point, point out that, you know, if you look at the, the, the county uh, tax base of the top 10, eight of them are almost 70% or more of their tax base is from oil and gas mineral property taxes. And so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge amount of their tax base. Same with schools. We have some as high as 87% um, of their tax base is from oil and gas mineral property taxes that's in that top 10. Oh, wow. Okay. But there's no way to know how much they actually got to keep, like, take out of the $109 million. Like, yeah, because the school funding formulas are, in, are, are maybe different years than the fiscal year that we're working in, there'd be no way that we could give an estimate of that. But if you're a property-wealthy school district, 
and you have a windfall, whether it's from a new office building going up or increased mineral valuations, you would see some of those dollars go back to the state to be redistributed to the schools. And your next question comes from the line of Mike Lee with E&E News. Hi, Todd. Uh, two, two follow-up questions on, on the property taxes. Are you saying, uh, when, you, when you say the top 10 counties, are you saying the top 10 counties for mineral property taxes, or are you, are you saying the top 10 counties for overall property taxes? No, mineral property taxes. Okay. That's right, Mike. That's a good clarification. This is top 10 counties that receive property taxes from oil and gas mineral valuations. Gotcha. You're not you're not saying Pecos County has has a higher t- property tax base than Harris County or something. No, 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 not not at all. We didn't even do a comparison of that. But but, yeah. but what I do mean, for for example, of the top ten counties, uh, Dennett County in in the Eagle Ford, over seventy seven percent of its tax base is from oil and gas mineral valuations. Right. Okay. Um. And then following up on the question about climate change, you kind of you, you kind of you, you answered the part of that question in passing. D- does the association agree that oil and gas emissions contribute to, to climate change? We believe that all emissions contribute to climate change, and we believe that our industry is committed to doing our part to to make improvements. Right. And when you say all emissions, that includes oil and, oil and gas emissions, including the, including the stuff that comes out of my car and my product. Every every emission, uh, wood that's burned, uh, there's carbon emissions from multiple sources. And to have a real conversation, we need to look at all sources. We need to look at uh, every source of energy that, that is produced and look at, have a real conversation about the benefits and the emissions as well. And do you feel like the oil and gas industry has a leadership role to play in, in that and, and do you feel like you have you you the industry industry's emissions contribute a large part to to the global emissions problem we believe that oil and natural gas has a responsibility to continue to find uh, solutions through innovation and technology so that we can maintain reliable and affordable energy and also uh, have a lower emissions future okay and your next question comes from the line of Kai Collier with the Texas Tribune. Your line is live. Hi there. Uh, thanks for taking our questions. Uh, I think Mike already kind of covered a lot of this, but I, I wanted to ask, when you say the um, oil and gas industry in Texas is committed to climate progress, uh, what exactly do you mean uh, by that? What well, solutions I mean- on yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for that question. Uh, you, you know, once again, our companies are, are the leaders in developing carbon, carbon capture and sequestration uh, and leak detection and repair equipment, uh, uh, of uh, improving our sensors and uh, monitoring overall and, and replacing valves that uh, have lower leaks and emissions. We know that refining technologies continue to uh, focus on improvement there. And so I, that's where there are tangible areas where our member companies continue to be difference makers and will lead to a lower emissions future. Okay. This is um, the first time I've really heard the association acknowledge um, that man-made climate change is 
is real? Does this mark a, um, I guess, kind of new new position? And uh, if so, was it kind of led by API and national groups? You know, I'm I'm not going to speak for the other groups because we every, everyone's independent. But I think these these comments I'm making today about a lower emissions future are very consistent with all my comments in the last few years since this issue has become more of a you know front front and center. Okay, thank you. Thank you. And at this time, there are no further questions in queue. Thank you all for joining us today. You should be receiving a um, uh, information that we've shared with you. We have a, a, a booklet that's been prepared, an annual energy and economic impact report for 2019. I hope you find the information useful and the graphics useful. I think you're welcome to use any of that that's contained in there. You, you'll be receiving a digital copy. And if you have any follow-up questions, just let us know. Thank you so much. And operator, that concludes our call for today. Okay, sir. Thank you. The Texas Oil and Gas Association, founded 100 years ago, is the oldest and largest trade association in Texas that represents all facets of the Texas oil and gas industry. 